entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. And a special welcome to my guest host, Jay Kelly Bowie. Along with Kelly and our executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Jay Kelly Hoey and I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders. And we are all leaders at some point, so you can then inspire others. You can find out more about J. Kelly Hoey at jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. And you can find Kelly on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. The Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find The Business Builder Show and many other fine shows on C-Suite Radio. That's at www.c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Okay, Kelly, let's get going. Thanks, Marty. This is Kelly Hoey, guest host of the Business Builder Show, and I am absolutely thrilled today to have as our guest my friend, uh, Autumn Whitboyd. How are you, Autumn? I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Uh, so if you haven't read the show notes yet, everyone, uh, Autumn is an IP attorney located in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, we met through a mutual friend who is one of Autumn's Vanderbilt Law School friends. Um, but I'm going to talk about you. We're not going to talk about our mutual friend, Carter. And uh, <laughs> I know you'll be disappointed on that. <clears throat> but let's talk about your career path after graduating from Vanderbilt and why you know, we're going to talk about your entrepreneurial career just as much as we're going to talk about your advice to entrepreneurs. But let's talk about your career path. Okay, great. So I left Vanderbilt really on a very traditional lawyer past. I was not entrepreneurial at all. I went and worked for a judge. I wanted to be a litigator. So that's the lawyers who work in the courtroom mostly. So working for a judge was a great way to start that. That's what brought me to Chattanooga. And then I just never left. Um, so I did that for two years, went to a big firm, did all kinds of different litigation. And I was always interested in IP, so copyrights and trademarks. I don't have a technical background, so wasn't as interested in the patent side of things. But here in Chattanooga, there's not a lot of um, copyright and trademark work. So I was kind of trying to get as much as I could from the firm, but there just wasn't much to go around. Uh, but I got really lucky in that a uh, law firm based in Colorado had a client in Chattanooga who was an artist and um, had a copyright suit and needed a local lawyer. So they ended up finding me because the case was in front of the judge I had worked for. Uh, and of course, I had no you know special favor, but I did know how he kind of operated. And so there is some value to that. So they brought me on as what's called their local counsel for that case. And that's how I got introduced to that firm. Uh, and I enjoyed working on the case. Copyright law is really fun. It's creative. Um, it is not like anything else, I don't think, in law. Um, so I enjoyed doing that work and they really needed help, that law firm based in Colorado. So they asked me at the end of that case, 
um, they pretty much list, listed a bunch of qualifications they were looking for in an associate to work with them. And they didn't ask me if I was interested, but I finally said, you know, it sounds like you just read my resume and I don't know if you're interested in me, but I'd be open to talking to you. Um, I really wasn't looking for another job at that point, but it seemed like it could be a good fit. Um, so we talked about it and they asked if I wanted to move to Colorado and in a twist of fate, my now husband, who then was my boyfriend had just moved to Chattanooga from Colorado. So I was not really open to a big move considering I had just gotten him across the country, but they were open to a telecommute position. Um, so I ended up going with that firm. They did just copyright infringement lawsuits. It was really fun working with really interesting clients, a lot of photographers and stock photography agencies, um, and so I did that for almost seven years. I worked from home in my yoga pants. It was my first exposure to kind of how you can run a virtual business because all the lawyers were in different locations. Our clients were in different locations. Um, so that was really fun. And I learned a lot. I grew a lot with that firm. Uh, but because it was a virtual law practice, it was a lot of travel. So during oh. that, yeah, during that, was- that time period, I ended up having twin babies Um, I got married to that boyfriend from Colorado. So, you know, life just looked a lot different. And the travel that was very glamorous and fun in the beginning was, you know, now more of a burden on my family. So that is when I decided to take the leap and look at doing my own thing. That's that's amazing. And I'm I'm sort of laughing and and thinking it's like, uh, you know, the things that, you know, you don't expect, but when you put yourself out there, when you've built strong relationships, you think of the the work you did and the relationship you built with uh, the judge who you had clerked for, and then just being open to possibilities, um, you know, who knows what can happen. And then having the, I'm going to say the strength of your own convictions in the sense of, yeah, this sounds interesting, but I'm not moving to Colorado. Right, right. So many people would be like, yeah, no, I got to take the job. Okay. So you started at litigation. Um but and then you you had this local council opportunity. But how did you know in terms of this niche that you're in now? Because I want to really really want to dive into what your firm is today. But what was that aha moment in your career? You're like, you know what? I could I could make something of this. I could I could have a career as this. Yeah. Well, so what I do now is totally different than litigation. I do very little courtroom work. Uh, and what really happened was I was just so burned out from that job, from all the travel, from dealing with opposing counsel who were really mean and nasty. We were going up against the biggest law firms in the U.S., their New York offices. And I just spent I every day I was angry. Um, and I realized I didn't want to spend the rest of my life that way. So that was kind of the aha moment. I would talk to my husband. I would be telling him about my day and he would say, stop yelling at me. And I'd be like, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just telling you about my day. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'd be going over what this nasty thing someone said to me or this horrible um, strategy that we were trying that I wasn't really happy about, but we felt like there was no other way to move the ball. You know, it just, it was not, it turned out not to be a great fit personality wise. I am pretty optimistic. I'm also really pragmatic. Um, and so much of what you do in litigation is kind of trying to find pressure points and push people's buttons. And I don't know, man, uh, after doing that for almost 10 years, that, that was as much as I needed of that. Yeah. Yeah. So a good reason to say, okay. And then where did you, where did you out of, okay. So the litigation part, but where did you see like the, ah, there's something that could be my own thing. Um, Yeah. Well, I looked around, I really didn't want to leave Chattanooga. You know, our families are now here. We're really planted here. And like I said, there's not a lot of IP here, Uh, but I had seen how you could run a virtual law practice. And so I thought I have this skill set of knowing copyright law, Um, And then I learned trademark law. 
um, and that I could do it with clients anywhere in the U.S. And so then it was just a matter of kind of trying to find the right niche to connect with the right kinds of clients. Um, I didn't take any clients with me from my last job. That was really important to me. And they were doing a totally different kind of practice anyway. Um, but so that was the aha. I looked around Chattanooga and we have a really vibrant startup scene here. And so I thought that might be a good fit. Turned out not to be a good fit, but it was a fun experiment. Um, and then I really fell into this um, online business world, which is now where I mostly work with a lot of coaches and people selling information products. So online courses, ebooks, digital products, kind of all kinds of educational things. Um, and that was really through, I was trying to learn business because I don't have a business background. I was a journalism and English major in college. Um, so I was in all of these Facebook groups for entrepreneurs, just kind of trying to learn how this works. And all of them needed legal help. And so it really was just kind of a perfect, I don't know, it was, it was an opportunity again that I saw and it was just a good match for my skill set and, um, and a need. It's so great. Oh, so for any of our guests who might, you know, have forgotten or maybe tuning in right now, our guest today on the Business Builders Show is Autumn Whitboyd. Um, Autumn, where can uh, people find you? Yeah, my website is the best place. It's my initials. It's awbfirm.com. Easy. And on there, we can find all sorts of resources. And we're going to talk about your Legal Roadmap podcast um, as well. Um, So, Tell people more about your firm. How many people is it now and what kind of thing, you know, because I think uh, uh, you've kind of have morphed a little bit what you yeah. originally, you know, like like any business owner pivoting your business a little bit, you know, where it start the firm specifically started and what you're doing today. Yeah. So we really started by building on my personal expertise. So that's copyright and trademark work. So I'm still kind of known for that piece. Uh, But as my clients have grown up and as I've wanted to work with businesses that are a little bigger or a little bit further along in their entrepreneurial journey, uh, we've added additional people. So we're now really full service legal for online businesses. So I have two other attorneys who work with me. Uh, Michelle Coakley is one of them. She has a background in labor and employment. So that is a big need as my clients are building teams and often, you know, working with contractors or employees in other states than their own or even internationally. There's a lot of tricky things that go with that. So she is phenomenal with that. And then she's also learning the IP side as well. And then I brought on, yeah, another lawyer this year who helps, we call her kind of our brick and mortar lawyer for online businesses. So, you know, a lot of our clients as they grow might buy a building or um, lease an office space or have, you know, more complex corporate issues that they need help with um, taking on a partner or taking on investors. And so she helps with a lot of that. So we're now three lawyers. Yeah. Yeah, that's like that's amazing, and and you know, sort of knowing knowing you and knowing this evolution, um, and knowing, like I said, you know, having my past life as an attorney, and people <laughs> used to always say to me, "Why don't you start your own practice?" And I'm like, "Are you crazy? Like, are you nuts? Everything that's in that's involved." But I want to go back to a comment you made before uh, regarding Chattanooga, not necessarily known for IP. I think for you know people who are listening who may be thinking, you know, I'm located you know, somewhere, um, but my, you know, that isn't in the middle of the market for what I really want to do, you know, how do I do this? Like, what are sort of the challenges Um, and, you know, kind of some things you could suggest to people they look into, the challenges of building and scaling, you know, um, business, so to speak, practice um, like yours when you're not in the heart of things? 
Yeah. So I feel like with the internet and with social media now, it's so much easier. I mean, I probably couldn't have built this practice 10 or 15 years ago. Um, but with professional services, you know, it is a referral based business. And so the nice thing is now that I have a really solid client base and people are happy with our work. Now it's just a referral machine. And so I'm still getting out in the community here locally um, and trying to, you know, build more clients. And I do a lot online. I do a lot of podcast appearances and a lot, you know, I go to conferences from time to time. Um, but so it's, it's the same, but instead of having an in-person meeting, I might be like we are now having a Skype call. Uh, we call them virtual coffee chats, you know, trying to get to know someone. So I, I think it can still be done. It just might look a little bit different. It might feel a little bit different, but it's still the same. You know, it's just relationship building. That's 98% of it. And which is, you know, I want to say the the, le- the lessons you and I both bring from being attorneys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all about the long-term relationships, all about that. All right, you've hinted at this, um, and Marty, get ready, because I know you've got a question. Uh, <laughs> your clients, let's talk about one of the main ways they're finding you, which is the Legal Roadmap podcast. You've started that 2016. Yeah. How did you fall upon that idea, and why did you think that, you know, kind of giving away your, you know, giving away information that people could uh, get for you, you know, with uh, by by a retainer. Why are you giving away your expertise for free, and how are, how are they finding you? Yeah, so I had done a lot of what we're doing, um, going as a guest on other people's podcasts, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and so that kind of was probably the first spark. And then the second thing was, uh, you know, I'm a lawyer, I'm a writer, but we are so technical with our writing. So when I was trying to do content marketing, as far as writing blog posts or, you know, other ways that were more written, I found that I, it was just taking me so long because I wanted it to be exactly right because we are very precise in the law. And so it just was not practical. I just could not carve out enough time to be creating content on a regular basis. Um, and as far as why, why am I giving it away? It's, it's a pretty um, well-known marketing technique at this point, which is, you know, it helps you establish your expertise. It lets you build a reputation. People know that you know what you're talking about. And it it establishes kind of an instant level of trust when people are coming to you because they know that you're the real deal, that you're not just telling them you know these things, but you've kind of demonstrated that, maybe provided a little value for free. Um, and I always say the what I give away on the podcast or when I'm doing a Facebook live or something like that, or even an interview like this, um, you know, it, it's information, it's helpful, but what people really come to me for and pay me the big bucks for is to have their questions answered. And you're not going to get that from a podcast or from reading a blog because everybody's got a little bit of an interesting twist on whatever their situation is. There's always, you know, something specific that they need help with or they need a little bit of research. So I feel like we still provide a lot of individual attention and value to our clients. And the podcast is just kind of a teaser or it's it'll get them started, but it's usually not going to get them all the way there. Yeah, I was going to say, we know from case studies in law school that every, there's, there's no, you know, you can find similarities, but never an exact yes! match. <laughs> right. Never, never, never that uh, exact match. Um, but you had a client who found you because of a keyword search on, on a podcast, did you not? Yeah, I've had two now, actually. So it's been really fun to watch that kind of grow. It's been, you know, almost three years now that we've had the podcast. Uh, and it has started to generate leads by itself. So that's been amazing. Mm, interesting. So, sort of who, who knew? Who knew that, you know, I want to say ser- searching on uh, podcasts could, you know, lead to clients. Marty, I hear you there in the background. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm all fired up. Um, <laughs> what exactly is the name of the podcast? 
called The Legal Roadmap. Okay, I already knew that. And that's, that's great okay. because I listened to episode 61, which is selling your business, prepping your team for a successful sale. Now, one of my businesses, I'm involved in helping people uh, prepare their businesses for sale. So I love that episode. I got some new information. But, oh, I'm so glad. Uh, yeah, and I, I loved I loved what you just said. It's it's you know the fact of the matter is is that um, you had four points in there. Uh, I'm going to prove that I listened. Uh, who is who is going to run the business? Talk about your key employees, your knowledge transfer, and dealing with your key vendors, customers, and contractors. Right on, good stuff. But um, everybody has um, some unique or special. Uh, you know, advice that they need. So, so that's a great model, and, and your podcast is absolutely outstanding. Thank you. We've we've really, if you look at the content, has kind of evolved. I think I was definitely talking to beginners or newer businesses in the earlier episodes, um, and so now I can point to those if someone is newer in business and maybe isn't ready to work with us one on one. That's a great resource that I can just point them to, and it will answer a lot of the questions that we get over and over. And then the more recent episodes have definitely been kind of for a higher level business or a, a you know business that's maybe in year five or yeah. someone who's more established. <clears throat> Kelly, give me one more second, um, please. The um, the idea of patents, and um, so you said at the very beginning, well, you're copyright and trademark and that kind of work. What's your what's your involvement, if any? In, in terms of patents and what's your opinion on patents, uh, take a minute and just kind of talk to me about that. Yeah, so I like to say I know enough to be dangerous. Okay, <laughs> um, okay. I have a, a stable of really great patent lawyers that I work with. So when I do have a client that needs that kind of advice, we work hand in hand. Um, I've got one client right now that's in, um, in the manufacturing area and mm. um, working with a patent lawyer in Nashville who's doing some research for us. And that's really nice because I'm still the point person for my client. They didn't have to go find that lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I can smooth over a lot of those conversations so they're not having to be bothered with it. Um, I think for some technology, a patent is really valuable. Mm. Uh, and for others, you know, you get a patent on the exact invention that you submit to the Patent and Trademark Office. And with a lot of my clients who are in the tech area, they are evolving and changing so yeah. quickly yeah. that by the time, you know, the patent process is really long, it yeah. can be years to get all the way through. And so oftentimes, you know, that technology is now old news by the yeah. time you get to the end of it. So yeah. it just, it's really going to depend on what the invention is, how valuable it is to their business. The flip side of that, as we know from phar- pharmaceutical patents, you know, you get a limited number of years of protection under the patent law, but you have to tell everybody about it. Yeah. So for some businesses, it's more useful to just keep it as a trade secret, and then you can have it protected for as long as you keep it secret, um, Great. as long as it's not reverse engineerable. So it's it's another one of those that we lawyers love to say it depends, but it really it really depends. Okay, just one last <laughs> one last comment uh, for both your attorneys. Uh, just uh, I'll put the disclaimer in that this is not legal advice. This no. is this is just a conversation. Okay, Kelly, take it from here. <laughs> I love that, Marty. Yeah. I absolutely Marty love got that. that from my podcast. I have that on I every did. episode. I did. I made a note. Oh, see, so. he did listen. It's like so good. I, and I wanted to say uh, to, you know, to listeners, you know, on as, as uh, Autumn mentioned, the first part of the series has got all sorts of really great basic information. So in case you're wondering, gee, Kelly, why haven't asked Kel- um, Autumn what's the difference between a copyright and a trademark and all that? Because you can find them on her podcast. You can also find her five-minute intellectual property audit worksheet. So great. So figure out, you know, when's what the do right you have? time. What do you need to protect? <laughs> 
Yeah, and and when should you talk to a lawyer about it? And you also put out a news newsletter. Um, so much of this, and and for me, it's you know as I'm I'm listening to you, is this you know this is the foundation of um, your business is the foundation of you know being a great lawyer in terms of in in private practice or in a big firm or you know. Um, so I got to ask you this question: What makes for a great client relationship? Oh gosh, I mean, I recently went through and did a checklist of what we're looking for in clients. Uh, because we have the wonderful problem of being really busy. So uh, for us, it is someone who, you know, prioritizes legal. They understand how important it is to a business. So they're willing to invest in it. And then also will actually take our advice. Um, so, you know, not someone who's going to question everything we say or tell us we're, we're wrong or they, you know, want to go their own way and do something totally different. Uh, and then for us, really, we love working with clients who are doing really interesting things. So, you know, if I'm interested in the business, if I think it's something cool or different or innovative, um, that that definitely makes for it. And then we just try and do the best job we can. We're we pride ourselves on you know being good communicators, which is not always easy. Um, but you know, with a virtual practice, we're doing a lot of emails and a lot of phone calls. Um, you know, you can't just stop by my office for most of my clients. So, you know, really keeping up with things, making sure nothing falls through the cracks. I think that's that's our number one goal. And, 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 and your clients getting training your clients to do that too, because we yes. both know that, oh, did I forget to mention as they try and slide, <laughs> slide something in, you mentioned cool, interesting people. So I want to toss in one more question for you. Um, talk about the dinner you did recently. You were out um, fairly recently. You were out in California. Um, I know I think you were doing a mastermind, but you arranged a dinner with some people you sort of knew from um, online, not all of them were clients, if any of them were clients, but they were like cool, interesting online entrepreneurs that you wanted to meet. Yeah. Talk about that. This was my favorite thing that I've done this year as far as marketing or business development, and we're going to keep doing them next year too. Um, like you said, I was out in California, and there's kind of a critical mass of the kinds of clients that I like working with who live in the San Diego area, and I was going to be there. So uh, my lawyer coach, my um, kind of business coach suggested that I do this dinner. So I did have uh, one client um, who attended and she helped connect me with a couple of other people that she knew. I reached out to a couple of people, you know, that I had kind of interacted with um, at conferences or that I'd met other ways. So I knew maybe half the people at the dinner um, and half were totally new to me. Um, and it was about 12 or 13 of us. We rented a, a room at a restaurant. So it was private and, um, it was really just a pretty laid back evening. I sold it. You know, the, the way I got them to come was I said, you know, we all work online. We're all sitting in our individual offices and we don't connect in person very often. So this was a chance for for people to connect with their peers in a way that is sometimes hard to do. Uh, and it was just magical. I mean, people I had a couple icebreakers that I did just to help people get to know each other. Um, but people really opened up, asked for help, gave advice, shared resources. It, it was really wonderful. That's amazing. So I was going to say, Marty, we'll know when we're cool and interesting when we get invited <laughs> to one of Autumn's dinners. Uh, I until will look, then, I'll look forward to it. Okay. I'll let you know when I'm when I do one in New York, Kelly. Yeah, or you know, we could, I don't know, we'll invade chat for it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But then we'll know we're cool and interesting. I'm going to tease you on that, my That's friend. That's right. So, uh, I appreciate it. All right, remind everybody once again where the best place to find you. Yeah, awbfirm.com. And the other resource that I'll mention that we have there, this is another not legal advice, but especially for an earlier business, we do have um, fill-in-the-blank contract templates. 
So mm-hmm. if you're not quite ready to spend thousands of dollars hiring a lawyer to create contracts, it's what I consider the most important legal protection for most businesses. Um, you can download these templates, fill them in, they'll get you started, help you know what kinds of things you should have in your contract. Um, and as your business grows, of course, you'll want to upgrade and um, talk with a lawyer to make sure you've got all the right things in there, but it's a good starting point. That's amazing. So you've got your podcast, you've got your newsletter, you've got these templates, you've got your five-minute intellectual property audit worksheet. Amazing stuff. Thank you for providing all those resources for entrepreneurs and online business owners. And um, thank you for being a guest on the Business Builder Show. Yeah, thanks for letting me share about all this good stuff. Thanks, J. Kelly Hoey, for being our guest host on the Business Builders Show. You can learn more about Kelly at jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey, H-O-E-Y dot C-O. And, of course, you can learn more about me, Marty Wolf, and the Business Builders Show at martywolfbusinesssolutions.com. That's martywolfbusinesssolutions.com. Remember, you can get all our shows and many other great shows at c-suiteradio.com. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. As a loyal fan of this C-Suite Radio Show, we've got an unbelievable offer for you. Listeners to the Business Builders Show get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You'll have access to top-notch benefits and networking all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited-time offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR.